Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. Welcome, Star. Marcus Aurelius, part three. Wow. Uh, yeah, as we, we keep <laughs> on going. And again, I just want to give some uh, credit. The Essentials of Marcus Aurelius. Uh, this was in translated by uh, Jacob Needleman and John P. Piazza. I got it on Amazon. I just want to make sure the guys who wrote this get their proper due for what we're doing. So here we go. Another session on Marcus Aurelius, a true thinking man. People seek retreats for themselves in the country, by the sea, and near the mountains. And you too are especially prone to desire such things. But this is a sign of ignorance, since you have the power to retire within yourself whenever you wish. <laughs> wow. So, Vin, you mean that I can't just take a retreat and go away and recharge? I got to have a vacation within my own mind? <laughs> a vacation in your mind, Star. <laughs> well, what, what he's saying is, you know, we think we need these vacations. And we think the vacations are going to give us relief. And if we really believe that, we're never going to have relief. You know, we we'll work like dogs. And because we work like dogs, that's why we need vacations. And then vacations cost money. So what I need to do now is then I have to work more and work harder. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And what Marcus is saying is, listen, do we all need vacations? Do we all need to take a little step back? Absolutely, Star. Um, what he's saying here is, don't think you need it, though. In other words, don't it's gonna get, that's going to change things. It's, you got to find that peace in your mind. Because what if you didn't have the means to take a vacation? Okay. What if you are imprisoned? Now we think in prison that you broke the broke the law. What if you're a political prisoner? What if you are a prisoner of war? You're going to be under a lot of stress every day. And there is no vacation. Mm -hmm. So where do you find that peace and tranquility? In your mind. In your mind. So people go and they will look for these things. They really will and they really believe they need it but they're missing out. And that's the idea, is if you really want to enjoy a vacation, realize that the vacation is only going to add to and help as opposed to, wow, I really needed that. Because then it's such a, such a small sliver of time and in your life, and then you believe you're going back into a rat race. But if you really believe that the rest of it is your mission and your goal, now you don't even want a vacation from it. Mm -hmm. If you look at it as game on, I'm in the game. I don't want to go on vacation. But that's how it goes, too. Like, you know, if I'm recording music, right, and I'm in that mode, creative mode, it's like, Brass, I don't even want to go to sleep. It's like you're almost ready to go all the time, all the time. So that, that's it. I think you, you're saying it right. If you're already in your purpose and you're moving, you don't want to take a vacation because you don't want to lose that rhythm. If I'm in a good workout rhythm, I don't want to take a week off or two off. Because I'm in a rhythm. You know how hard it is to get a rhythm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once you're in that rhythm, you go. You go with it. So so I, I definitely agree with what you yeah. say. So, again, nothing wrong with taking vacations. It's just let's be realistic. Let's find that peace within ourselves. For nowhere can a person retire more, more full of peace 
and free from care than into one's own soul. Above all, if one has had that place within oneself into which one can turn one's attention, one is immediately at ease. And by ease, I mean nothing other than the right ordering of the whole person. It means you're balanced. Continually give yourself this kind of retreat and regenerate yourself. But keep your rules of living brief and basic. Brief and basic, I would paraphrase, do the right thing. So that when consulted, they will immediately wash away all distress and send you back to your work without resentment. And our work, as we've discussed before, Star, is our, is our goal. You know, what are, we, what are we here for? What is our purpose? Is our purpose to rest? No. Is our purpose to watch over, watch out for, control ourselves, live in dignity? Absolutely. But we shouldn't look at that as work. Right. It's like doing your music. It's like doing your music. Yeah, it's a passion. No one has to force you or make you do it. You know, you do it just based off that's what you do when you love it. You're energized, you love it, and you want to do it. Be truly independent and see circumstances from the perspective of a man, of a human being, of a citizen, of a creature who will surely die. So he says, take different views. Don't just look at it as yourself. Look at it as another man, as another person. And then the big picture, that you're just part of it. You're a little green in the sand on the beach as just another creature will die. In other words, don't look at it at just how it's going to affect you, but how it's going to affect everything. Right. But among the thoughts that are closest at at hand, which you will look to, Let these two be there. First, that various difficulties need not penetrate to your soul, but can remain external, unaffecting. Wow. All the things which you now see are changing and will not continue to exist as they are. Wow. And our lives are but a series of of choices spoke about that so we'll say you'll hear someone say i hate my life well your life is just a bunch of choices i hate i hate my choices make (laughs) make right choices and you won't hate your life and we shouldn't be hating our life anyway we can get mad we can get upset about choices we had we made i also want to be clear too like so so that people understand i understand also too that that your life isn't always by your choice. Some some of the things that happen to us in life, they don't happen by choice. You know, they happen by circumstance or something that, that was imposed on you or whatever and anything like that. We're talking about the things that you control as far as the outcome, mm-hmm. as far as the choices that get you from A to Z on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, for anybody that's listening, just so they understand that, okay, there's things that can happen in your life that you have no choice or control of. It, it, it just happened, Right. And then there's things that you do control where you want to be in life that, you know, you can make better choices from. So I just wanted to make that that clear. A good point. When we think about our choices and we're trying to control our outcome, 
But all we really do is we sort of point something in a direction. Right. We try to see where we want it to go. We point it in the, in the, in, for the right trajectory. But sometimes it doesn't land where we always want it to. Right. So we get this false sense of control. And sometimes that's what drives us as men. We want to be in control. And we realize that there's only one thing we can be in control of. And that's my mind and how I react. I can't be in control of the outcome of other things. I can control how I react. I can uh, control the outcome of other people or what's going to happen or how it's going to affect. I could share a lot of knowledge and wisdom with a child. It doesn't mean that child's going to take it on. That part is out of my, as out of my control. And then you mentioned, Star, the items that come out of, at us. And we'll look at them as life. We'll look at it as so many different things. We'll look at them as circumstances. We'll look at it as obstacles. They're opportunities. And it goes to Marcus Aurelius and, you know, the other book that I, I, would, I was talking about, um, The Obstacle is the Way. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the things that are thrown at us. What do we do with them? How do we use them? You know, all of a sudden, something happens in our life that we don't want. But maybe how you react, somebody else is going to be watching. Yeah. Or it could be a testimony yeah. to somebody else. Like it, it happened to you and it might be the most horrible thing in this, this world. But when you turn it outwardly as it, as, as it pertains to happening to you or I can help somebody else that's in this position, then you, then you can use it, you know, to benefit somebody else rather than looking, you know, inside and say, it's happening to me, it's happening to me, it's happening to me. Yeah. And maybe it's happening for me, for me, for me. You just never know. Right. You just never know. Our perspective ends up being so limited. Um, but I like what he says, our truly independent and the way we see our circumstances and difficulties need not penetrate our soul, but can remain external, unaffecting. In other words, not that we don't feel them, but we don't let them affect who we are, what we're doing, what our purpose is. Do not hold the same views as the person who does you harm or even wishes to harm you. Hmm. So there's two, way to look at, two ways to look at that. If anybody wants to harm me, they're obviously wrong, and I shouldn't view anything as they view things. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. Because somebody that maybe wants to do us harm, maybe they want to do us harm because I'm doing the wrong thing. You never know. What he's saying is don't hold the same view of trying to harm them as well. And that's what he's talking about. And he says, rather, see the judgments for what they truly are. Maybe somebody's doing something to me because maybe I deserve it. Maybe what I did something wrong. Maybe I did wrong that person and, and this is what they're doing. So that's pretty wise to say don't hold the same views. Um, you know, it's not an eye for an eye. Do not live as if you still have 10,000 years left. Hmm. Your fate hangs over you. While you're still living, while you still exist on this earth, strive to become a genuinely good man. How often are we in a hurry? We're in such a hurry, and because we're in such a hurry, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that. If we viewed our life for that, and we pushed aside these things. Hey, I don't have time for this because it's not important. Because we're in a hurry. What do we do? We start to prioritize. 
right? If I got to get out the door because I'm running late, all of a sudden it isn't the time to have a conversation about what you're going to have for dinner tonight. That can wait till later. I got to get out the door. What is a priority? Is am I dressed? Do I have my belt on? Do I have my keys? I have to get going. Right. I have to get what is needed. And if we view life as that we don't have all this time, we'll start to prioritize better and the things that are more important and realizing I don't have a lot of time. So what's important? If all of a sudden you knew that you had a week to live, think about what you would do. Some people would be very self-absorbed. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go here. I want to go there. You're not going to remember any of it no. when you're dead. <laughs> right. But what about things that you want to share with people that will be gone, that'll, that'll go on? Even impact. Those are the things that you're going to want to focus. You're going yeah. to prioritize what's most important. And it becomes that tight little circle of people that are around you. And then the tight little circle of what is most important of, of, that you want to share with them of your essence that you believe are going to help them. And that's that penetration through generations that we've spoken about that we can do as men and realizing that we don't have a lot of time. How many lessons do we want to teach our, the people that we love? When are we going to start doing the right thing? Tomorrow? Tomorrow might be too late. I, I had a, um, a conversation with my son. And, you know, you know, you know how sons can be sometimes. It's like you got a phone. You know, you want him to call you. You know, I'm his father. You know, I call him. So, you know, they're wrapped up in their own life at times. And I, I basically said to him, I said, hey, I'm not going to be here forever. And I want you to understand it, understand it and get that. The conversations that we have now and the time that we have now are important. I can walk through that door and you'll never see me again. And this is the last conversation, you know, that we have. So to place that in his head, like life is fragile. We can go and leave at any moment. Not to say that we have to be deep all the time. But be in the moment, be here. Let's let's have some real talk, some real conversation. Because anything happened, guess who carries on the torch? I need you to get it. You know, so you know, some people say, Well, he's too young, can't you shouldn't give him that stuff. Yeah, you should. Because you don't know how much time you have left. And even though it's a little bit, sometimes just those seeds and with their own experience and as they get older, they become more, they start to understand things a little bit different. It grows. So I'm not waiting. I don't care. Noah's five. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk to him. So he gets something, something is going to grab on. If it's just one thought that he ever remembers just from that one thought, that one seed, something great yeah. can grow. And if you never plant the seeds, nothing's going to grow. Nothing's going to grow. Nothing's going to grow. And, Time is fleeting. And even if you live a long life, it's a short time. Sure. What an abundance of leisure the person gains who is not looking over at what his neighbor is saying, doing, or thinking, but only at what he himself is doing in order that he does what is just and respectful. He goes, You're gonna, we all say we don't have enough time. Think about the time wasted thinking about others, what they're saying, doing, thinking, what they have, envy. Wow. Do not peer into the darkness of another's character, 
but run straight towards the finish line without straying from your path. So if you're running a race, if you're looking next to you, you're not going to run as fast. You could even trip and fall. Everything which results in something beautiful is itself beautiful and is complete in itself. Wow. So if something good comes out of a bad situation, that bad thing, I guess, ends up being good because of what the results were. Because that's, we weigh good and bad by how it affects us immediately. We don't weigh good and bad as to how it's going to affect us in the future. Even in the future, we'll look back. We'll say, say a bad event happened, but it led to something good. We still look at that as a bad event because it affected us at the moment contrary to what we would want in our lives. And because our perspective couldn't travel down a timeline and see where this was going, it was bad. So... It's amazing that even in the future, we look back and we still say it was a bad event, even though we know it was a good event. Really? Hey, ben, you, you sound like um, people think I'm torturing them every day. They hate exercise. Some people, or most people, they hate it. Every time they go, oh, this is horrible. I don't like They go through it. Thank God it's over. But it's a bad event, but... You, the result, like you said, is good. So well, it's good. It's not what you immediately, exactly what you say, feeling at this time. It's not it. And and that's 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 interesting because re rewiring your brain to 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 not say if it's bad or good from the initial response yeah. is a hard thing to do because that immediate, I guess, immediate. Reaction is like, I'm going to decide right now if this is bad or good. And that's when you hear those saying, um, it turned out good. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Rewrite the code. The same information is going to come in. It's how it's going to be filtered. And that's what rewriting the code is all about. And that's what we're in control of. The information, the things, life is going to happen. How we view it and what we do with it is so important. Mm. And... Our body, our minds are always going to think anything that takes us out of a lukewarm environment of ease is bad. Hence exercise, yet we start to look forward to exercise because we like the results. We like how we feel. But then why would we do it again if it was bad? Well, it's not really bad. It's good. It's just that my body fights against it because it's not lukewarm. It's not that tepid area that I feel comfortable in. Anytime anything happens in our life that isn't what we wanted to be takes us out of that comfort zone that we make it seem uncomfortable. There's certain people that will even in their lives, they don't realize it, but they're avoiding success for the same reason because they don't want to step out of, we've heard of their comfort zone. You know, what does that mean? Well, I'm not comfortable doing this. Well, what are, what are we comfortable doing? We're usually comfortable doing what isn't good for us. I've mentioned it many times before, the old adage, nothing comes easy. If you want nothing to change, take it easy. 
And if you want ease, expect nothing in life. It's those boundaries that we create ourselves that we need to challenge to break out of that orbit that we've spoken about, that one that traps us. It only happens by getting out of the orbit, the comfort zone, and realizing that bad isn't bad. It's just life. And I don't want to take away from anything. There's people that have wicked things happen to them. Yeah. What they do with it is still unto them. And I'm not going to say a wicked thing is a good thing. I don't think I can, my conscience no. would allow me to say that. Evil is just evil. But it only remains the effect of it its wickedness only remains if that's all you remember it as. Right. If you take that wickedness and you do the old judo thing, you use its momentum against yeah, itself to propel, you. to propel you into a place that you would have never been able to get to without that event. And if that place helps you to help somebody else, that which is what you were saying, that possibly may crumble from that same event. I can't speak for anybody else, but I will say for myself, I would rather go through something wicked, be strong and be able to help somebody else not to crumble, than to have never have gone through it and for that other person to have crumbled. Right. I see that. That's what you call a hero. And that's what we want to be. Selfless. Sacrificing ourselves for the good of others. You summed it up well, Star. You summed it up well. It has been said, if you want to be content, occupy yourself with few things. But it is perhaps better to say, do what is necessary. And what reason requires of a creature who is made for society, do whatever it demands. For this brings the contentment which comes from doing things well and doing only a few things, since most of what we say and do is entirely unnecessary. If a person could get rid of these, he would have more leisure and be in less of a state of confusion. Therefore, we all must remember to ask ourselves, is this one of the truly necessary things? But we must leave aside not only unnecessary activities, but even unnecessary thoughts, so that unnecessary activities do not follow from them. I was thinking today about knowledge. And sometimes we want to get such a broad width of knowledge just to be knowledgeable over a broad span of things, which has no real effect on anything other than our own pride or maybe competing in jeopardy. I don't know. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's why people do that. But if you could take your breadth of knowledge and narrow it down Mm -hmm. and run along a stream that now penetrates into a depth that you learn more about something that helps you go deeper, instead of having a two-dimensional surface knowledge, now having a deep knowledge and intimacy to dive deep into something, you know, isn't that so much more enlightening? Or do you just want to, even if you want to look at it in a relationship, do you want to have a superficial relationship with a lot of people or a really deep, intimate relationship? 
with a few. That's that's I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> Deep relationships with a few. I mean, it is me more meaningful um, in life because you hold moments a little bit um, closer. And for the people knowing one thing, not one thing, two things, or whatever they special. I mean, that's that's specialized. And for anyone that specializes in, in, in anything and they have a deep understanding and knowledge of it, those people are what you consider successful. Those are the people that people depend upon when it comes to that topic to know and to, to execute in. And usually those people are the ones that, you know, they, they're wealthy, not mm-hmm. only financially, but they're wealthy in, in self because yeah. they're able to help people because they have a deep knowledge of that. For sure. Interesting. I like it. Either the cosmos has been arranged in an entirely well-ordered way or has come together by chance. So he says this is for us to choose. Either the world is... He's saying the world is orderly. And he's saying either it was created this way or by some chance things came to order. But nevertheless remains an ordered whole, a cosmos, cosmos, or do you think some kind of cosmic order exi- can exist in you while the cosmos itself is chaos? So what he's saying here is there is a, a greater being that has put things in order. And if the whole world is in chaos, then you might as well think that you're in chaos. And if the whole world is just by chance and a bunch of animals, then you're just an animal. But if you really think that a greater being has created everything with an order then you can understand that you have a greater purpose under that greater being. I like it. Order. Order. A man who has not established himself as either a tyrant or a slave to any other person. And that's a tough balance also. So what does that mean? Well, if I'm a boss, am I a tyrant? No. Because if you're really a boss, you're supposed to be serving the people that work for you because you want to help them do better because that's what the company is all about. Nor do we want to be a slave. And a slave is sometimes a place where we put ourselves. We could be a slave to our job because of choices that we've made that I feel I can't leave here because I have to work here. I have to work at a place I don't like because I've run up this debt or run up that debt. So it says very clearly, don't be a tyrant. Don't be a slave. Even if the body, its closest companion, is cut, burned, covered with dripping sores or rotted with gangrene, Mm. nevertheless... Let that part of you which judges all these experiences be at peace. We're saying your body is separate from who we are, our soul, our being, who we are. You can't even say we are our minds. It's our minds that we're fighting. Let that part of you which judges all these experiences be at peace. And let it judge as neither good nor bad anything that can happen to the good and bad man alike. So don't let your circumstances, your physical ailments, none of that affect you. And I think we see that. We'll see some great stories of the Paralympics. um, Just people doing incredible things. A lot of people 
have something bad happen to them, not even on the multitude of losing limbs and their world falls apart. Here you have people who their whole lives are changed, um, tragic incidences or at birth, whatever it may be. And they thrive. They use that as a catapult or a stepping stone or something to give them momentum as opposed to something that knocks them down. And I think that's really incredible. And I think we like to hear those stories. Yeah. You know, I was watching something, this I don't remember the show, but this wrestler in high school, guy was born with no legs. Oh, I, 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 I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah, man. I wouldn't mess with him. So many, so many things that we see in this in this world, um, where people just don't look at what they're going through and become a hero for others. Yeah. You are a tiny little soul propping up a corpse. Mm. Man. That's 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 <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I mean, so eventually, you know, out of the dust we come, back into the dust we yeah. go. We look at our bodies as the end of who we are. It's true. And we think of ourselves as you know, we're bodies with a soul and we put the emphasis on the body, but we're not. Our being is our soul yeah. who happens to be in this body. In this body. All that happens is just an ordinary, just as ordinary and familiar as the rose in springtime and fruit in summer. In other words, things are just, things happen. So a tragedy will happen. It's a tragedy. It's happened many times before to other people. Somebody dies. People are always dying. A lost love. It's happened for years. Books, plays, movies, songs, all about it. Hardship, heartache. He's saying it's all familiar. Just as familiar as a rose or a flower or a fruit in the springtime. What happens is once it affects me, then I think it's not so ordinary. And I'll say, why me? Why not me? If it's part of life, if it's part of the cycle, if things happen, why do I think I'm going to win the lottery and it not happen? Realize that it's most likely going to happen. There can be a 95% chance of rain. If you're smart, you're going to take an umbrella. Or you cannot take an umbrella and say you were hoping on the 5%. And people would say you were foolish. The same thing as if we really think we're not going to have heartache and disappointment in our life. So we might as well be prepared for it, accept that it's part of our life, and be ready to deal with it and move on. That it isn't something that stops our life, but it's something that's part of our life. Yeah, these things happen, you know, sometimes people get so surprised, like, oh, I didn't know. Why, why, why? People always want to know why. Why not? It happens. We got to move on. We have to move on. If some God told you that you would die tomorrow or the next day at the latest, you would not consider death on the third day to be anything better than death on the second day, unless you were a holy based person. And so just the same, 
Do not think that living many years is better than dying tomorrow. So in other words, as you get close to the end, you're never saying, oh, I'm glad it was so many years. You're still saying, why now? You're still focusing on how short life is, is and how you wish you had more. Why do we wish we had more? Maybe because we didn't do everything we needed to do? That's the only reason. If, you, if you're in, on your deathbed content and you've done all that you've done, you, you wouldn't wish for more time. You'll say, my time is up. I've done what I was called to do. I've gotten out everything I need to get out to the people in my life, and I'm good. And you understand that this life is just a time, yeah. and I'm transitioning on past it. Time for that soul to move on. Yep. How fortunate I am that even though this has happened to me, I continue uninjured, neither terrified by the present nor in fear of the future. So such a thing could happen to anyone, but not just anyone would persevere unharmed. He's saying it happened to me, but I'm unharmed. It hasn't penetrated that soul. It's my body. It's my emotions. It's my intellect. It's my mind. Big deal. It hasn't penetrated. It hasn't affected my soul. I am, I am unharmed. And then he says, this is what we were talking about before. So why is this considered bad fortune rather than good fortune? Right. If life hits me and I rebound and come back, isn't that a good thing? It's a great thing. If I'm in an accident and I'm not killed, instead of I broke my arm, what a terrible thing. I'm alive to go another day. So he says, why is this considered bad fortune rather than good fortune? I like that. Not terrified by the present, nor in fear of the future. It's amazing how many people live their lives out of fear. Fear of losing. Um, fear of being found out as a fraud. Fear of people seeing as weak. Fear of failure. And we make so many wrong decisions based on those fears. Sure. And fear is being afraid of what is going to happen. But it's really what we think is going to happen. happen. But not even what we think is what going to happen, but what we're afraid is going to happen. Right. I'll use the example of a spider. You could put it in my hand. I don't want it. <laughs> what do I think is going to happen? Nothing. I can be honest with you. I watch enough nature shows. I know the spider's not going to hurt me. But I still don't want it. It's my fear that is controlling me. Not what I think is going to happen, but strictly my irrationality of my fear. And my fear is driving me. So sometimes people don't really, aren't really afraid they're going to fail, aren't really going afraid they're going to lose. It's an irrational fear that they have, but they let the irrationality guide them. And by guiding them, it makes their choices. We make bad choices out of fear. It's true. Sometimes it's fear of being seen as weak. So many foolish things go through our minds. What then? You have already learned this plan. Does what has happened to you prevent you 
from being just, great-souled, self-controlled, considerate, deliberate, honest, modest, independent, and all other such qualities, which when present, present, allow us to realize our true nature. In other words, what we're made of. For the remainder of your life, whenever anything causes pain for you, make use of this principle. This is not unfortunate. Indeed, to bear such things nobly is good fortune. And Maybe we're going to tell the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're going to wrap it up there. Star, anything yeah. you want to throw in before we call it a day? Um, no, just based on that last part right there, you know, you could you could be going through a lot of things. Um, and no one's no one's not saying ask don't ask for help because I believe that, you know, when you got to have someone that you can talk to. Um, but nobly, when you're going through things, just know that you're just going through it and that and that you're going to get through it. And you don't always have to go and run and tell everyone, you know, this is what I'm going through because a lot of times that does nothing for you. If you want people to feel sorry for you and that's the goal, then, then you do so. But if you re- really want real change, if you really want real results, if you want to, um, you know, go through the situation and come out with a purpose and triumph over it, then you you keep it to yourself or, or have, you know, some real people around you that's not only going to hold you accountable but also to help you go through it. You don't, you don't have to tell people just to, to play victim. Yeah. If you only look at where you're at, you're going to miss where you're going. Let's wrap it up there. Until next time, think different, be different, make a difference. And as always, we welcome your comments and feedback and questions. Uh, you can be found at Thinking Man Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, And, of course, the website, thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.